From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 239 for the week of January 16th, 2014. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone, welcome to the show. I'm your host Tom Bell, and I'm joined by our Disneyland team, Nancy Johnson, Mary Jo Malata Willie, Michael Bowling, and Tony Spatel. In this week's show, Tony has a review of the Tangerine Grill at the Annabella Hotel. Michael talks about a recent tribute to Annette Funicello held at the Walt Disney Family Museum, and I have an exclusive interview with Kirk Wall of Billy Hill and the Hillbillies. All that plus this week's news, roundtable rapid fire, and our Diz Sports Thread of the Week on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hey there. Hi there. Hi there. Now, if you are listening to this and you realize that it sounds so much better, it's because we're experimenting with our sound quality this week. And if it sounds the same as it has in the past, the experiment was a total failure. So, way to set people. We just have to keep practicing. No, uh, it, you should you should be hearing a lot better sound quality this week. Knocking on wood. Yes, thank you. That was Nancy knocking on her head. Um, Excuse me? <laughs> Huber butt? There would be more of a hollow sound. No, there's some more of an echo. Oh. <laughs> Any housekeeping? I do. Go ahead. As we speculated on a previous show, having made his debut on the Disney Magic, Captain America will be moving in next door to Thor's Golden Chamber Woo-hoo. and make in-person <laughs> and make in-person appearances at Disneyland this spring and interventions, joining Iron Man Tech presented by Stark Industries and Thor Treasures of Asgard attractions. Captain America's appearances at Disneyland are scheduled to coincide with the release of Captain America, the Winter Soldier, on April 4th. So be sure you visit Innoventions and see Captain America and his mighty shield. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I think that's a big draw. I hear a lot of families in line, and I hear the, especially the young boys talking about um, seeing the Marvel um, characters we, in Innoventions. We walked- we walked through the the Thor exhibit the other day, and it it was later in the day, and Thor was gone. Well, he's he went there to Asgard, to like I guess. He's, oh, his hours are okay. only there till four. Because we tried, we tried going. He didn't to have his hours chamber. posted on the window. No, it's on. It's on the uh, Daily Times, in the Times oh, Guide. Sheesh. I, I I'm supposed to pick those up. <laughs> Duh, Mr. Um, I keep my time so perfect on the Diz. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nicely done. Nicely done. All right. Any other housekeeping? Me, me, me. Um, I have a cup. Go ahead, Nancy. Go ahead, oh, Nancy. Oh, hey, so, so this this is a housekeeping especially for Tony. Oh, yay. <laughs> that woke him up. Yeah. That was inspired. Uh, well, you know how Tony loves the fact that almost every Disneyland salad has craisins in it? Yes, I do. That is because I was going to the grocery store today, and I needed to buy craisins, actually. And I noticed this very big picture of Mickey Mouse on the front of the craisins package. And I picked it up, and I looked at it. Because, you know, how often do you see a magical Disney Parks adventure with craisins? (laughs) 
on the front, nice. on the front. And it's this woman that looks like she's about ready to fall off of Mickey's arm um, in front of the other park's castle. Um, but I turned it over and it said, Craisins is the official fruit snack of the Walt Disney World <laughs> Resort and Disneyland Resort. I could have told you oh. that. You didn't really have to print it. I, I could have let you know that. But Plus, you can find the recipe for Disney's Orange Craisins Muffin featured oh. at the Boardwalk Bakery from the other place. Um, and more ideas at www.craisins.com. Oh, okay. Well, I kind of like, I might try to make those muffins. So, they actually look like fairly attractive muffins. If any of our listeners out there have ever tried them, well, send us a note. But, because we don't have orange craisin... Send us the muffins. What the heck? Come on. (laughs) We don't have orange craisin muffins at Disneyland. I know. I want to try them. So, that actually sounds like a, a decent thing. So, anyway, I thought that that was rather interesting that craisins are the official fruit snack. Nice. Thank you, Nancy. I thought uh, caramel apples were the official fruit snack. I mean, really. I know, right? They have so many different large varieties. <laughs> do you have a rapid fire uh, housekeeping, Mary Jo? I do have a couple. Um, okay. As as everybody's been waiting, the um, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, they're, they're actually doing testing on it right now. And everybody's waiting. To, I know, right? Everybody's waiting for it to finally open since um, that opening was delayed. But um, I understand that on the, at the end of January, they're supposed to be having uh, a test, a, a big inspection on it. And once that inspection happens, then they can um, get ready to open. So we're kind of hoping that maybe in February, if, if it opened before the Dis Diva trip, that would be really nice. So um, I know that Disneyland pays attention to when the Divas are out there, and they want to make <laughs> us all happy. Yeah. So. But anyway, so that's, you know, it's finally, you see, I mean, you see it, a light at the end of the tunnel. So. Yeah, it's scheduled February 1st, but we'll see. I, yeah, I mean, they're doing a lot of testing, so if they can get that inspection done, it should be golden. Right, and, and hopefully, I mean, this is a huge lesson for them and the other refurbishments. They'll be um, a lot smoother than this one. Yeah. So, and then just a shout out to all of the Dizzers who are going on the Tinkerbell Half Marathon. Um you won't see Tony out there, but there will be other dizzers, and we're wishing all of you the best. Good times, and stay healthy, and hydrated, and, and good luck to you. Look, we'll look for those pictures on the discords. I think yes, there's good luck. Is, I think there's a meet from the wishboards. Yep, there always I, is. Yeah, I, I from what I remember, it was Saturday afternoon in front of Apricot Lane at four o'clock. Double check on the wish. Wish the thread on the wishboards, but I think that's when the meet is. Oh, nice! I don't usually go on the wishboards, so I didn't know that. Right, me either. Because that would imply that I was trying to stay healthy. <laughs> but anyway, I just wanted to to let them know we're thinking of of all of them, and that's it for me. Cool. Uh, don't forget, we are still asking for help for our Arizona meet coming up uh, late October. Also, coming up in March, the Fort Worth meet. That's March 22nd. You can find links to all that in our show notes, and they can take a look at what's going on there. Um, Don't forget, chat night, Wednesday nights, 9 p.m. It's been kind of slow in there lately, so 
if if you are planning a trip or you just want to talk about Disneyland or you just want to talk um, to something other than your cats, uh, pop into chat night. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email. My cats are very interesting. Yeah, I'm sure they are. <laughs> if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at dlpodcast at wdwinfo.com. If you want to email me about my cat remark, that's tom at wdwinfo.com. Disunplug.com <laughs> um, is where you're going to find links to all our shows, any past shows, plus links to anything we talk about on the show, including Crazins. Yeah. Um, any other house any other housekeeping before we pledge along? Nope. Good. All right. Over to Tony with the news. Recently, Cicely Ridgeden passed away. Disneyland had lost a dear friend, a beloved leader, and a legend. Cicely will be fondly remembered by those who were fortunate enough to know her, and her legacy will live on through those who continue to uphold the high standards and traditions she established. From the beginning, Cicely knew that Disneyland was the place for her, and she told a funny story about the day she was hired. When they first opened the park, Cicely recalled, I made five attempts to get a job. The fifth time, I was finally hired, and I was so excited I came home and drove my car through the garage. (laughs) Nice. Cicely began her career at Disneyland in 1957 as a ticket seller. In 1959, she joined the tour guide department and was responsible for initiating its growth and development. She eventually became the supervisor of guest relations and was known for hiring the cream of the crop and leading a top-notch team of hosts and hostesses. In 1967, Cicely's responsibilities were expanded to include the ticket sellers and ticket receptionists. She was also responsible for Walt's apartment above the Main Street Fire Station and was therefore known as the Keeper of the Keys. Beginning in 1982, Cicely led the Disneyland Ambassador Program. In this role, Cicely worked with 13 Disneyland ambassadors who represented Disneyland around the world. She retired as manager of the ambassador program in 1994 after 37 years at Disneyland. Cicely remembered her years at Disneyland and Walt with great fondness. Walt was just a very decent, very nice man, she once said, and I believe that it is reflected in all of us here at Disneyland and that this place for, fi- and that this place for family and fun and decency is what it's all about. Following her retirement in 1994, Cicely was honored with a window on Main Street, USA. The window, located above Disney Showcase, states, Ambassador Finishing School, Cicely Ridgedon Instructor. Cicely was named a Disney legend in 2005. Since her retirement, Cicely kept in touch with her Disneyland friends, former cast members, and ambassadors. She also continued to attend the ambassador ceremonies, with her presence being a highlight for those who loved and revered her. She holds a special place in our hearts and is an important part of Disneyland history. She will be missed greatly. Nothing? No. Okay. That's our first story. I thought you guys would does, it, does, it, does anybody know any, anything about her other than what Tony said? No? Not really. Okay, no? mm-hmm. Just, wow. just okay. um, saw the article also. And that she has a window on Main Street. I'm going to go look for it. Okay. In Sorry, tra- we're, not, we're not much of help on that one. Sorry. Yeah, I know. Well, okay. In transportation news... A 40-foot-long electric bus will be demonstrated through the end of this month on regular routes through the resort district, Anaheim Resort Transit. While also linking riders to the upcoming Tinkerbell Half Marathon and National Association of Music Merchants Convention, officials with Anaheim Resort Transportation said, The bus, manufactured by BYD, 
Not to be a, not to be confused with that '90s R&B hip hop group BBD. That was just for me. Thank you. I'm going to continue to read. Is capable of carrying 40 passengers and travels up to 155 miles per charge at a cost of 20 cents a mile. Art officials said. Additionally, it can be fully charged in less than five hours. Art officials said they don't want they don't have any immediate plans to purchase the one million dollar vehicle, but they wanted to give passengers a chance to see what it's like to ride a bus that operates entirely on electricity. BYD selected ART to demonstrate the electric bus because the transportation agency serves more than 3 million riders annually, officials said. I don't, I don't, wow, I didn't realize they, 3 million? Okay. We are continually evaluating new and innovative ways to enhance our services, said Diana Kotler, executive director of ART. The electric bus definitely has a different look and feel from the other vehicles that currently comprise Anaheim Transportation Network's all clean air fleet, Kotler said. We look forward to receiving feedback from our ridership on their experience. For more information about bus routes, visit rideart.org. I'm just surprised that they serve 3 million riders annually. That's No, that's not surprising, is it? Really? No. I've been on the bus. There's not a lot of people on there. No? no okay. they, the buses are pretty busy. Okay. They're busy from what I've seen, too. Yeah. Okay, well. Maybe. Just it was just the the baseball bus that wasn't busy. <laughs> yeah, the baseball bus that was on. <laughs> so that's the news. Cool, thank you, Tony. Time for rapid fires. Let's start with Michael. All right. Well, the Walt Disney Museum um, recently announced a new um, structure. It has formed as a separate California Public Benefit Corporation, the Walt Disney Family Museum Incorporated. Um, there's no change to the museum's operations or mission. It simply means that the museum will no longer be an entity that resides under the Walt Disney Family Foundation, but it's going to become a distinct public charity with a different tax ID number, um, the board of directors, and a different operating budget. They're making this structural change to crystallize the museum's identity and provide increased transparency to attract and retain members and donors. As a separate public charity, they... Um, they said we must strive to raise at least one-third of our revenue from outside sources so the support of our members and donors is even more critical than before. In connection with this transition, they announced that the board of directors has been expanded to include nine members, spanning three generations of Walt Disney's family members. Wow. Um, after the passing of Diane Disney Miller, her husband, Ron Miller, has taken on the role of president. Their daughters, Joanna Miller and Jennifer Miller-Goff, will continue in their current roles. The new members include Ron and Diane's sons, Christopher Miller and Ronald Miller Jr. Um, what folks who've been around the museum noticed that Walter Jr., who was one of the originators of the museum is um, and resigned from the board a couple years ago, is not... Um, is, is not rejoining the board. Um, their daughter, Tamar Diane Miller, um, grandchild Annabella Ray and Ryan Shear, and the museum's executive director, Kirsten Komorowski. In the museum statement, while Diane's passing has left a void that would be hard to fill, we will strive to continue with her plans and ideas, finding momentum in her inspiration and energy to put her dreams to work, said the family. We will continue to showcase artists and innovators and subjects from the past, present, and future. I want to see the future, how they're going to do that one. To educate and entertain all who visit. Now, I did a little research. And so based on the 2011 tax filing, there's four unique entities that are part of the Walt Disney Foundation. It was the Walt Disney Family Museum, the Walt Disney Barn, the Walt Disney Family Foundation Films, and the Walt Disney Family Foundation 
um, press. And then all their financials are included in the private foundation. Um, now, as an exempt private charity, now it changes to a public charity. So for the museum, the major contributor in 2011 was the Walt and Lily Disney Foundation. They contributed $10 million, um, $85,072 to the museum. And the museum's annual operating cost was $18.5 million in 2011. And they... In 2010, it was $19.5 million, so they did reduce it. So now as a public charity, as they said, they have to strive to raise at least a third of the revenue from outside resources. Um, and they only took in $2 million from memberships and you know visitors to the museum, things like that. So they definitely are going to have to increase that. This also, from what I can figure out, enables them to be able to get um, more donations and grants for the museum as a public entity than they could as a private. Um, also in 2011, the Disney family that served on the board took no salary. So just for folks to know. About a day or two after they made this announcement, they announced uh, new membership um, uh, sort of levels. So the existing memberships all went up about $10 or so. Oh, well, $20. They added, though, at the, at the membership levels, a supporter level that is um, $1,250 a year. And, and when you go onto their website, we'll have a link to it in our show notes. You can see what all the different memberships are. They start at $80, goes, goes up to $1,250. They do have discounted memberships at $60 for students and seniors. But... They have a new Walt Circle, Circle donor level. And this is what I know you're all going to be interested in. Um, these, Let me get my checkbook. He, oh, get it out. Get it out, too. Um, <laughs> you get, again, there's a whole list of items that you guess, get in order to get in here. But it begins at $2,500 with artists and goes all the way up to, and this is the one you want, <laughs> because you're you're a visionary, yes, Tom, yes, and this is yes. what this is called a visionary, and that is only fifty thousand dollars. Oh wow! A year. Okay. So anyway, and then there's also uh, a whole bunch in between for for every for every budget. But um, anyway, so that's what's going on at the Walt Disney Family Museum. So it looks like they are going to be doing a lot more to, you know, bring in donations, right. but. The good thing is is that they still are continuing the mission that Diane Disney Miller um, established when she founded the museum. Excellent. Thank you, Michael. Mary Jo? Over in Frontierland and the um, Big Thunder Ranch Jamboree area, we now have the Frontierland Troupe, which features some rare characters that are going to be appearing there from Friday through Sunday. And so they appear um, in groups. Every 20 minutes, they get changed out, escorted by a huge horse. But they're going to be having Robin Hood and Friar Tuck, Anastasia, Drizilla, and Lady Tremaine, Susie and Perla, who are the mice from Cinderella, Honest John and Gideon from Pinocchio, Pinocchio and Geppetto, and Horace Horse Collar and Clarabelle Cow. And like I said, they'll be there during the daytime um, for photo opportunities and some interactions. In addition to the characters that are going to be there, they're going to have some other entertainment. Uh, for those of you who know Farley, he's going to be playing his fiddle. He's been at Disneyland 
over 20 years. I think he's been there for a long time. And they have him, a piano player. They have a lasso, um, like um, lasso tricks and other rope tricks. And we were there last year when they were doing some of this. And if you take the time to not only see the characters, but to interact with these other cast members that are doing some fun things, that's always... We ended up having a lot of fun doing that with them. So that's what's happening until May, um, from now until May, over in Frontierland. Cool. Thank you, Mary Jo. I will go next. Since we talked about the marathon coming up this weekend, Run Disney has announced that annual pass holders can now enjoy early registration for Run Disney events. So for the marathon coming up in late August, the Disneyland Half Marathon, instead of the regular January 28th registration date, annual pass holders can register beginning January 22nd, so almost a week early, which is kind of cool because I think sometimes those registrations sell out rather quickly. Um, Also a note for 2015, the Tinkerbell Half Marathon moves to the second weekend in May. Wow. So in 2015, it'll be May 7th to May 10th for Tinkerbell Half Marathon Weekend. That makes much Any more sense. Any idea why? Why? Why does it make more sense? Well. Exactly. That was good. good actually, good. no. <laughs> it's coming up. You're coming up. You've said people it. People who are trying to do coast to coast will have two races under their belts um, on the Florida side and can do the Tinkerbell as their, as their second well, race, but who, their second but that's Who cares? So as opposed to the folks here getting a chance to do that and then go do all the other races. So it kind of, it gives them another week I don't to recover, mean, especially with this whole but, dopey thing that just went on this weekend. Because, um, I mean, would you really want to r- try and run the Dopey, okay, which no. is 48 here's miles the, okay, total the, in Florida, and no, then come no. the following weekend to run the... No, like, but I'm wondering, my week? I... So, but it ultimately will go down to, there's got to be a reason that we, they can use this weekend to sell tickets versus we the other weekend to sell tickets. Like, they don't make this better, decision... It also times better with spring, you know, with uh, ending of school vacation, you know, starting vacations and stuff. I don't know. I think that's going to be crazy in May. How crowded it'll be! Yeah, it's it's early May though. It's before Memorial. It's way it's way before Memorial Day. So I know. Okay, never mind. I'll go back to sleep. Okay, just cool. kidding. Thank you, <laughs> um, Nancy. Okay, mine mine basically has to do with Amazon Local, and I ran across a really great deal for Universal on Amazon Local this week. And I, I sent this to you to all you guys. But it was a Universal Studios Hollywood two day pass with studio tour front of line for ninety three dollars, which is saves forty five percent off the price. Wow. And I was trying to view it in a bigger format and came across something else it. too. Um Amazon Local, I've said this before, you can find some really good deals on Amazon Local. You can get cheaper rates um, to, you know, to take a a limo from LAX or, you know, down to Disney or whatever. Um, This is a value that's normally $168. Now, this is a limited quantity available, um, so I would look into this now. 
but it gives you the whole um, VIP studio tour priority boarding and all that for, um, and it's usable up until um, June 30th this year. So if you're coming down and Universal's on your itinerary, that's a pretty good long time for that promotional value. Yeah. The paid value doesn't expire and can be used towards that after June 30th. But, I mean, still, this is pretty decent. And you can buy um, six vouchers per purchaser, and it's one voucher per individual for redemption. Very cool. And so that's actually pretty good. And then as I was looking through to pull it up, I found a couple more things. Um, one of which included um, an admission passport to the Queen Mary um, for $14 instead of 28 um, here's a different front of the line pass for Universal Studios Hollywood for a hundred and nine. Um, there's whale watching cruises. There's there was other one other really good one, and I'm trying to find it now. But there are tons of things. Oh, we talked about City Race in last week's show. Um, mm -hmm. There's actually a half price for City Race Los Angeles. And I'm looking real quick to see if the and it's fifty percent off. And um, I do remember that those those don't apply to the the Disney races on the Disneyland. Yeah, yeah, but still, but I you, mean, if you come in the area, there are a lot of fun to do. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this is um, this is actually a pretty decent thing. Now it says age fourteen on up recommended for, but obviously Wes did it. And he's not 14 yet, so... Anyway, this is valid for Thank any God. city race hunt through May 24th. Excludes Race LA and Disneyland events. So. Very cool. All cool. Right. We'll have so, a link in the show notes for that. There we go. Uh, Tony. So I know we've discussed a little bit about the new uh, effects in Indiana Jones, but there's more There's more to that. Um, the new eyes. The, re the rest of the story? Yes. And now here's... The rest of the story. That's the best I can do. Um, so, the eyes of Mara hold great mysteries. Look, at, look deep into them if you dare. But you can also download the special Indiana Jones Adventure decoder to unlock secret messages scrawled on the walls of the treacherous temple. So <laughs> oh, they you, used to give those out. Yeah, yeah, and yes, and now yeah. you can download them. It's the same thing. As you walk through the Indiana Jones Adventure attraction queue in anticipation of your action-packed adventure, be sure to observe the unusual markings scrawled on the walls of the treacherous Temple of the Forbidden Eye, like we used to get those little cards. And now you can download them straight from the um, the Disneyland official from the website. I'm in the news section. You can download as a PDF or download them as a JPEG. So I'm guessing then you could just put them on your phone. Wow! Look how old we like. Now you don't even have to have the little card. Now you can just have the JPEG on your phone and look at it on your phone. That's actually but, pretty cool because then, you know, it's really dim in there. So you can look at it on your phone. It will be lit up. Right. So then you can read it, actually, and then look at the symbols yes. on the wall. Nice, wow, Tony. That's great. Yeah, so you can download it as a PDF or you can view it as a JPEG, and then I'm assuming you would save that to your phone. Match the symbols on the wall to the ones in the downloaded image, and then we get the great, you know, thing like we did before, but now it's updated. Um, and then let's see what else. Oh, dig some history 
The design for the Indiana Jones Adventure Decoder downloadable image is duplicated from the decoders that were distributed to guests when Indiana Jones Adventure premiered in 1994. Everything so old basically, is new again. Yeah, it's back, but now you can download it digitally. But I do like the idea. I never thought of the idea that it's now it's dark, so you can use your phone. So Very cool. There you go. Thank you, Tony. That will do it for Rapid Fire. Time for our thread of the week, Mary Jo. Went for a little bit of a different type of thread this time. And this comes from Junior Toasty Man, who's uh, <laughs> cute, right? He, his tag says that he's a purveyor of fine latex products. Wow. <laughs> That's what he has in his tag. Uh, he put it himself, so I'm just kind of wondering, is he talking about, like, Mickey Mouse balloons at the parks, maybe? Yes, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. But um, he writes, Will I regret staying off-site? Prepping for a trip to Disneyland, our first, been to Walt Disney World several times, and pretty much always stay on site with the exception of the very first time. I really enjoy being on property at Walt Disney World, partially because of the ease of getting around, <laughs> really, and partially because of the atmosphere of the hotels. As of right now, we're planning on staying at one of those condos west of the Disneyland Hotel. That still puts me close enough to walk, so I'm not really concerned about it from that standpoint. But will I miss being at the Disney Resort? For what it's worth, price is about the same, but the condo will give us a washer-dryer, full kitchen, and a lot more space, which is why we're going that route. I do get that this is a completely subjective question, but is the theming and atmosphere at the Disneyland Resort Hotels such that they really add to the experience like they do at Walt Disney World? So I wanted to ask the opinion of the team before um, I read some of the responses on the thread. So we'll start with... I don't, I don't know, Tony, if you and I really qualify, but I'll start. Yeah, but I, Go ahead. No, I qualify. All right. I would – I think you're going to – oh, this is tough because I think I'd be more willing to stay off property at Disney World than I would Disneyland if the price is the same because if the price is the same, then because it's such a small – walkable environment i'd love to just be fully immersed and okay i'm i'm, th- I'm thinking this out loud not figured it out one of the the whole reason that walt left not left but um created disney made. world after disneyland yeah. made created what do you mean made well, well that was a good word created was that um you because you could see every i, I mean made. oh okay is that you could um that that all the regular parts of anaheim were just right there and it wasn't – you weren't immersed in it, you know? And I think that – and that's one of the drawbacks of Disneyland. It's one of the advantages. So you can go to Pizza Port or, you know, whatever. But it's also one of the drawbacks. And I think if price is the same, I would stay on property so that you can be immersed in the environment. So that's my opinion. So if there the price go. were the same, you would stay stay on site? Oh, no question. Yeah. Okay. Yes. But the question is, will he regret, regret staying off site? Totally. He's already setting himself for he's already setting himself up for regret. I mean by even Why do you say that? Well, because if you're say if you're already saying now before you even took your vacation, am I gonna regret this? Human nature is is gonna make you think twice. It it's just human nature to say I mean if you're already thinking you're gonna regret something, it's already buyer's remorse. Now, I hate to say get it, that I agree out of with your her. head and make it a good vacation. 
But yes, you're probably going to regret it just because you like to be immersed. You like to stay on property in Florida. Just throw it out the window. That's all I got to say. <laughs> throw it out the window and try and, and look at it from a different perspective. Yeah, I mean, the whole point of staying off property at Disneyland is to be more affordable. Right, and he's not, he's not talking about price. He's just wondering since, you know, will he regret not being... Totally is like regret is buyer's remorse. I don't. I don't think he, he won't regret it in the end. But I don't he, think. No, I don't think you. I don't think the the full immersion. You won't regret the full immersion. You may regret paying that much for a condo, but yeah, and you'll regret that the neighborhood you're in isn't yeah, is west of the Disneyland Hotel. Yeah, yeah it's. Uh, I think Ew. it's on the other side of the Making Friends parking lot. Ew. Okay. Yeah. Because. <laughs> Don't hate you, because there's a lot of perfectly good areas over there. Okay. Yeah, west of the Disneyland Hotel would be... But not for the same price. <laughs> I mean... It's a neighborhood. It, it's a, He's staying in a condo, he's staying in a neighborhood. And I would say house. It's, yeah. it's staying... No, it's it's kind of close to the, holly, of the um, Holiday Inn and Suites. And I think yeah. you stayed there before, Tom. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I stayed uh, it, uh, where when we stayed at the house, it was a little further west. But yeah, it was a, it was a it was an older neighborhood, but it was fine. Yeah. So if he's and if he's staying west of, of the Disneyland Hotel, he might be walking on that street that goes to the Disneyland Hotel and downtown Disney parking. Yeah, okay, you know what? Yeah. That, that's not bad. I think I know where those condos are because I actually looked at possibly living there. So be careful when you check with these neighborhoods, but. I chose not to, but um, I'm. I it's the the laundry makes it nice, and the fact that you can do your own food and all that makes it nice. The issue with staying off campus, I call it off campus, off property, is the price that you're paying that much, and also it's not like in Disney World where you can drive down the street and find a nice little shopping mall to like buy all your stuff. You kind of got to drive a ways. There's not a lot of because I looked into living out that way. You're not really close to a nice strip mall. They're strip malls. Are they Disneyfied strip malls like they are out in um, Buena Vista, Lake Buena Vista? No. So, I don't know. Okay, no, I think that's good. Michael, what about you? What's your opinion? Oh, I don't know. We stay on, you know, we stay on property, usually in DVC. But it's difficult to get in at the Grand Californian, so we stay off property all the time, and it we're just used to it. So it really doesn't bother us. Um, you know, when we're at Disney World, yeah, that is one of the things we enjoy is staying on property, and it's just a different experience. So, you know, I, I don't think staying off property will will have will have an effect of your of your Disneyland experience. I think that's what a majority of people do. And you're close enough that you can walk to the park. So, no, I, I you know, I, I don't think it will. Okay. I was, uh, I, I changed opinion. My first thought was, um, no, he wouldn't regret, regret it at all, and, and that would be fine. But after listening to what Nancy and Tony were saying, and, and then what he said is, the price is about the same, but the condo will give us a washer-dryer, full kitchen, and a lot more space. So we're talking about, the space of them being together, the washer dryer, full kitchen versus being at a Disney resort hotel. I, 
at this point, I kind of agree with Nancy. If you're going to be going to the Disneyland Resort, you may as well go all the way and stay if it's the same price. How how? So what if they use the washer dryer at the um, condo? Are they really going to be using it a lot for the time amount of time that they're going to be there? If I not, mean, the hotels have them, and the yes. hotels have them. So that to me, I agree with Nancy. I don't think that's a big big issue. I've and, done laundry at the Grand before, so yeah. And there's there's nothing wrong with staying off property at Disneyland. However, in this case, if you're spending spending the exact same amount, you should stay on property. Yeah, I I think, um, I I think it's, I think he would they would really enjoy staying on property, but if they want that space, and I understand if you depends how many are in their family too. If they want right. that condo yeah. where they can all hang out in the in the living room afterwards and if the parks are going to close early they can watch tv afterwards and stuff like that so wait yeah they have to wait more than um we don't have all the facts but you know adding in those types of, of we just issues, make stuff up yeah yeah exactly yeah. i think they're fine either way but but i when how long are you know how long are they staying for too that's a huge thing yeah i mean where are they coming from again uh he he's from st louis He's from your, your area, Nancy. He's from my neck of the woods. Yep. Okay. And, you know, if he's got a large family and he wants that space and he's used to vacationing with lots of space, I mean, that is, it's a valid point. What's the consensus on the boards? Um, yeah. Just about everybody is saying that staying offside is fine. That we have people um, staying at the Howard Johnson um, and staying at the Tropicana so to them they think it's perfectly fine um, so other people are saying the Walt Disney World and Disneyland Resort are you know like apples and oranges because of the yeah the how how huge the Walt Disney World Resort is compared to Disneyland Resort um, Gunka puts they do both they prefer to stay on site but they can't always justify the cost um, she says, I feel like you lose something when leaving the bubble, but that's just me. Your circumstances are a little different with the kitchen, washer, dryer, etc. Obviously, you won't get that on property. So they're looking at different. There's a, a lot of really good advice. Some some um, are saying that they couldn't imagine staying off property. Hmm. So that they would rather, so they stay at the Grand California whenever they go. Um, and that's whoever, whoever that is. I mean... <laughs> We also have to remember, too, that some of the DVC properties, to pay actual, they'd keep a, a portion of that inventory for um, paid dollar customers. So you can actually buy, you know, you can actually buy to, you know, to have one of the two-bedroom units with a kitchen and washer-dryer inside of it and everything like that. That's going to cost you a lot, though. The rack rate on those is still much more than he's going to pay for that condo. Right. So. Right. I do, I do think there's more to it than just what, what he put down, you know, that we already discussed. But I, I think that the uh, input that some of the Dizzers um, submitted were also also really good. And some of them have stayed both off-site and on-site, and they, they, they share their experiences. So um, for anybody who's stayed at the Disneyland Resort or thinking about it, I think this is an interesting thread to yeah. um, read and to participate in, and it's called Will I Regret Staying Off-Site? And we'll have the link to it in our show notes. Thanks, everybody, for your input, too. I think 
everybody had really good um, thoughts on this one. Thank you, Mary Jo. Thank you, team. That is going to do it for this part of the show. We're going to do something a little different this week. And we're going to close the show with my chat with Kirk Wall. Enjoy. Hey, folks, this is Tom Bell here. I am here with Kirk Wall of Crazy Kirk and the Hillbillies. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, I'm yeah. So glad, I'm so glad you want to talk to me. <laughs> You're welcome anytime here. Now, Crazy Kirk and the Hillbillies, formerly Billy Hill and the Hillbillies, Right. Um, you guys are really popular with, with a lot of folks around here. Tell us tell us how the Billies got their start. Well, actually, we got our start at Disneyland uh, mm-hmm. doing a, a show called uh, uh, Pig Mania, where okay, we, raced, yeah. we raced pigs. Okay. And it was a cute show was, uh, during an event. And I don't ask me dates because I'm terrible at dates. No worries. But I think it was in the, you know, the early 50s. <laughs> no, it, it, it was it was early though, and and, uh, and we raced pigs. It was a very cute show. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, we were the Barley Boys, and okay. then uh, all of a sudden, um, that th- those were short runs, and we were playing bluegrass and doing comedy. And all of a sudden, that same unit were, were was asked to uh, open uh, uh, Splash Mountain. Okay, and so. We went out and opened Splash Mountain, and you know when you have a new ride, it's got going to have some problems, and they had some problems, and we were a good unit to have because we could run up to that line of disgruntled people that were waiting, and all of a sudden they can't <laughs> go on line. So you were entertaining you know, them during the four-hour line. Yes, yeah, so all of a sudden, they, and so we'd kind of run up, and people would shout. Uh, songs at us, and they'd yell Led Zeppelin or something like that, or, and we would like, well, okay, and we all we were all we all knew bluegrass and country, and but but uh, all of a sudden people were yelling stuff at us, so that kind of gave us this idea, like, hey, let's do some of this stuff too, you know, along with the traditional style of mm-hmm. music, and 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 then uh, then we uh, um, ended up. To make a long story short, we ended up um, um, playing on the street out in Frontierland in front of the flagpole and would get these big crowds of people, and they needed a band because the the uh, uh, Golden Horseshoe Jamboree, uh, which was a really fine show that they did right. with King. Yeah, it was, but they couldn't go up, and we could go in for them and blah, blah, blah. We went in and we went over really well and got became real popular. And uh, did the crowds respond right away to you guys? Really quick, real quick, real quick, okay. real quick. And we were real popular. And and uh, and, uh, and then things uh, moved on and uh, from there. And we got the opportunity to create a huge fan base mm-hmm. uh, of people that love us. And I'm so blessed and so happy uh, about that. And, and really, it's been a, a great experience. Uh, truly, it has. And, and we, we had a ball. We were pulled out of the horseshoe into the Jamboree stage, uh-huh. which, was, uh, which was way out in the Ozarks out there. Right, right. <laughs> and, and, uh, and you know what? It ended up being more fun than we could ever imagine. Uh, so... Uh, truly, it's been just God, such a great experience, really, for us. And and, and 
And it was yeah. it was kind of nice that you guys got to do kind of a farewell tour, so to speak. We sure did, and and they did, and and that uh, you know they they've been really loose letting us do what we do, but really, mm-hmm. and there's you know you have to try to make things uh, theme properly and stuff like that, and I think we were a little bit kind of outside the pocket a little bit, possibly, <laughs> yeah, you know. But but uh, you know, uh, thank 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 goodness that uh, they let us do that and and find ourselves, you know. Right. And right. Uh, yes, and it's been God, it's nothing but friends that I have out there in management and bosses and stuff, and they all they they all are wishing the best for me and for for us and the band, and uh, I'm really a, a lucky guy. <laughs> and awesome. we're so happy to play at Knott's Farm. Uh, uh, incredible. They they were so nice to us New Year's Eve and and uh, and so easy going and and uh, they're gonna let us they're gonna let us do what we do and uh, uh, that's a good thing. And uh, uh, I'm glad you're interviewing me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was glad that I got to see one of your I, I was like the second to the last day of the, that Sunday I was out there and got to see your, yeah. your your late show which was packed I'm sure it was packed even more the the, the last day but my oh my favorite, crazy yeah my favorite part I was you know was watching you but then I turned around behind me and Santa was there snapping his fingers and clapping along which was <laughs> oh it was nice you know what uh, we it was the Jingle Jangle Jamboree, mm-hmm. and it was a good show. We, and it yeah. was, I think it was really well done. And I think Disney yeah. did a good job working with us, you know, and knowing that we're, you know, they were trying to hold down a, a, a tornado. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I honestly think that uh, uh, it, it was a really good show, and uh, all of yeah. them were. And the Halloween show was so fun to do. Uh, we we got to do the devil went down to Georgia and and yes. do, do some of those kind of fun things that we've worked up. And uh, it's always fun to do something a little different rather than the same show over yes. and over and over again. Yes, of course, of course it is. But then I mean, again, there's so much improv and and talking to the crowd in your show. I can't it can't be the same. No, it's not over. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It cannot so, be the same, and I don't want it to ever <laughs> be the same. I really don't. Yeah, I want it to be. Yeah. I want it to feel like the moment. That you're in, mm-hmm. uh, right. and I don't want to feel like it's an, uh, a, a script written thing that yeah. uh, that that would ruin us for sure. Yeah. You know, and and uh, anyway, what, what's your background in, in music? Uh, my father uh, and my mother were both music teachers. Uh, oh wow! Okay. Yeah, and but but my dad uh, is a is a professional singer. Still is. He's in his eighties. <laughs> and he's and what does he think of what is what does he think about your work you know what they're proud of me uh and, <laughs> and they they wanted me to be an opera singer <laughs> uh-huh. yeah they did and they are proud of me because can be uh but i ended up being in, getting involved in uh what happened to me is i got to do the role of jesus and jesus christ superstar oh uh, wow okay at the albuquerque civic line opera <laughs> uh-huh. and it and all of a sudden all the rock and roll bands in albuquerque wanted me to be in their bar bands, you know, and and so yeah, and I was, and I, and I was really a, a a theater person, completely full on, uh, wanted to be in theater, and that's when I came out to 
to uh, Los Angeles or, or Hollywood, mm-hmm. I was trying to be, be a musical theater guy. And, but I still wanted to be in a band the whole time. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I, I got the opportunity to be, uh, do the role of the Wally Bogue role in the old Golden Horseshoe okay. Review. Right. Uh, and, and I was actually Dick Hardwick's uh, his substitute, and then I got to do the role a lot because they were double booked and did night shows and he did day shows, and Dick became very successful doing a, Dick Hardwick became very successful doing a stand-up comedy. And so all of a sudden I had more opportunity to go on there as, as well as that to get established at Disneyland. And I think that's really, really what got me uh, uh, going out there and right. and, uh, and the whole uh, racing pigs thing came after that and kind of snowballed <laughs> mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. what it is uh, and uh, uh, I, I forgot what the question was <laughs> no that, that, that was that was the answer that was the answer <laughs> what about your which uh, now when with with crazy Kirk and the hillbillies yeah. do you have um, one set team or you know, a yes, lot of guys that are I, helping you. I out. have I have one set team that okay, I work tell, with. Tell me about them. And uh, and but I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. Uh, every one of us could get sick or get a cold, right? Or something could happen. So we are all set to cover ourselves, even mm-hmm. including me. And I have some good, good, funny men uh, that sing great in case something happens. You know, right? But my set team. Uh, is uh, Anders Swanson on bass. Okay. Rick Story on uh, g- guitar and uh, banjo. And I have Dennis Fetchett, uh, who I've known the longest. And he's uh, absolutely a buddy of mine. And I love him. I love all those guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Dennis is a fine, fine fiddle player, the best I've ever heard. Uh, and a great mandolin player. And he's got great ideas. And uh, lucky, uh, lucky to get to work with these guys. But uh, all the guys that I, w- I work with uh, are all my friends, and they're fantastic. And I could go down mm-hmm. a list. Uh, right. And, and I don't. I mean, want, how, how, the reason how, I how many guys? How many? How many billies? Yeah. How many billies have you worked with over the years? You know, that's it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need. Mean, you needed to ask me that before you asked me that because no, no, you, no, no. <laughs> But you know what? I don't know. Probably twenty-five hillbillies. Wow. You know, maybe yeah. or something. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm overdoing it a little bit. But uh, nah. uh, and I'm talking about these are these guys. All of them are just incredible players. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, uh, they can play amazing. Every one of them, or they wouldn't have been. You can't uh, substitute for. Uh, for a guy that's so good and not be good. <laughs> and, uh, right. and that's where I feel I'm lucky, especially being more like an entertainer, a theater, actor, comedian um, person, uh, to get to bond with such incredible musicians. Now, I, definitely, I was raised in music, and, and uh, I, I understand music, and I know how, how chords work, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but these guys, they, they play circles around me, really, they do, and, uh, and, uh, it's and they funny. make it look easy, they make it look easy, but you know what, when you, when you see me play, 
I make it look really hard. <laughs> it's, and you're, you're, it's kind of entertaining just seeing it. I'm going to mess up, you know. You'll zone in. Oh, no, he's got the fiddle. <laughs> What's he going to do now? No, I'm not that bad. Ah. Well, maybe so sometimes. But uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> somehow it works. And, uh, and uh, I'm so happy to get to work at Osbury Farm, really. Yeah, let's, let's talk are, about that all of, all of us are excited, and, and uh, they're so nice. And they've offered us quite a few dates, and we're taking them. Excellent. So yeah. you're, you're heading to Osbury Farm. You're going to be at the Wilderness Dance Hall? The Wilderness Lodge is what I was called what I what I've been calling it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know so, it's been the Wilderness Dance Hall, and they we we got the opportunity to work with a, a guy named Dusty, and uh, okay. and he did such oh what a fun guy, and he was so funny and and uh, uh, did a great job with them and stuff and and we 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 uh, interchanged uh, sets uh, on New Year's Eve. And we, we enjoyed him so much. Uh, just backstage, he was, like, mm-hmm. sarcastic and dry and, and then <laughs> out there completely like he should be, you know. And uh, so, uh, and absolutely, uh, uh, everybody, the technicians and the people that we've come across out there and uh, the, uh, the management and people that are handling the business and stuff have been so nice to us. And we, are, we just want to do a good show. <laughs> we're excited to have the opportunity to do that. Excellent. Um, I, I know some of our team is going to try to be out there on Saturday to, to take in that first show. And, and I know a lot of people from our website are, are fans. Yes. Are really excited. They're really good. excited that you guys are out there. Well, good. Well, I hope they're listening right now. Yeah. Me too. So do I. <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> I know that'd be ridiculous if we were doing yes. this and no one's listening for crying exactly. out loud. Well, this is crazy, Kirk. Excited to play with with the most talented players in the world, and uh, uh, we are going to do it really. Uh, uh, well, we're going to be loose as gooses and having a lot of fun at Osprey Farm. And uh, thank you for having me on on your oh, program. Sure. I appreciate it. Any any uh, what's the best place for fans to get information about you? I would say the best place to get information on the Hillbillies is there's Kirkwall and the Hillbillies dot com. Okay. Kirkwall and the Hill let's say Kirkwall and the Hillbillies dot com. And if you want to look into me a little bit just for fun, uh I have a fun little website called the Great Kirk dot com. But Kirkwall and the Hillbillies dot com is okay. the website that that you can find out what's going on right now. And we you know, we, we were the Billies and uh, we changed that around, uh, and I used the boys' names uh, when I introduced the band. I might uh, I might change their name around, make it instead of Denny Fetchin', I might call him Dynamo Denny or whatnot. Right. And uh, Whistling Rick, this banjo <laughs> player, by the way, Rick. Uh-huh. My goodness, what a, an amazing, uh, talented fellow he is, and and he plays guitar um, he, with a people with a B-Bender style, uh, 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 Telecaster style guitar. Plus he plays the banjo like lightning, you know. Uh, and he whistles and he's fun and he sings like an angel. Uh, and then <laughs> Andrew Swanson uh, is probably the, uh, actually a musical genius. Uh, 
<laughs> he plays the mandolin and the fiddle like like unbelievably well. And so, uh, and then especially I already talked about him. Mm-hmm. Well, good grief! I mean, that's a lot of talent right there to slap and out. Do you have any other other dates coming up besides Knots? I saw um, you're gonna be in my neck of the woods too. You're gonna be up in Tulare, right? Yeah, we're up there doing something. I don't know if that's open. I don't even know if that's an open gig. I know it's a, okay. Okay. I don't even know. I know we're doing a thing out there uh, for a, a tractor Ag show. show. Or some, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we play. <laughs> we actually play a song with a tractor because the tractor goes, <laughs> and we, we we jam with a tractor. So that's nice. that's highlight. <laughs> highlight. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Um, and honestly, I'm having my phone's lighting up, and people want to know when they can book us and play uh, park concerts Excellent. and 4th of July and this. But honestly, uh, what I'm doing is I want to hear from the, from Nutsbury Farm because the words, I want to give them our full priority right. uh, you know, as much as possible. Uh, but we are getting asked to do stuff. So uh, keep your ears open out there uh, and your eyes open. <laughs> Listen to your internet. And uh, <laughs> and uh, you'll find out what we're up to. And I, awesome. man, I, I sure appreciate the opportunity to to be able to talk about myself. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you coming That's on. One I'll of my sure. favorite things to do is talking about myself. So I, this is where to come if you want to hear somebody talk about themselves. You know, come to to. Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll make sure I get all those links to to your your website and stuff up on our on our website. So with please if do people that. Listen, when people yeah. listen to this, they can go right there. Oh yeah. And, oh and yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, we're gonna do a good show. It's gonna be fun. Fun. Uh, and we're you know it's fun to just hear the guys uh, all happy uh, to, to saying yeah let's do it. Uh, and we we got so much more that we want to develop at this point instead of just awesome. the old stuff that we know works we would we we, we got ideas fly, flying around that are i think are really good ideas uh uh that i can't wait to show off so we're awesome. creating right now we're in the hillbilly lab trying to work up <laughs> <laughs> the best best thing we've been watching breaking bad so no, we're we're in there concocting the best possible, most entertaining hillbilly eyes songs that you would never think a hillbilly band would do, you know. And the, and that's fun for us is to play songs that are uh, um, not associated with hillbillies, right. you know. Any kind of any you name a rock and roll song that could be any kind of song or a swing song, Frank Sinatra song, any kind of song, disco song. And you put it in it with a banjo back there and a fiddle playing. It's fun and it's kind of funny, and and we do a lot of that. But we also play the traditional songs that people want to hear, and that's important because that's the only reason that we can do this is because we all like the old stuff, right? The original bluegrass stuff. Uh, so the, uh, we're actually we're very happy, and we're very very excited to. Uh, that we got to play together for twenty over twenty years. The Beatles, what they were ten, they lasted ten years or something. You know, <laughs> we're, I'm not saying we're the Beatles, 
<laughs> my God. But but what are the, yeah, what are the what are the Billies? <laughs> we're not the, we're not the Beatles, we're the Billies. But but uh, no, we're Kirk Wallace. Watch Billy, out for Yoko. Crazy Kirk. And uh really and I think uh that if you just play straight and had beautiful music, that's wonderful. But we have a lot of fun when we play. And we make sure the audience has a lot of fun and that's what we're all about, truly. You know, I hope I'm not rambling too much. No, sound, no worries. <laughs> is this is this is this gotten out of control? Not at all. Not at all. Hey, Kirk, can you I edit? appreciate. Can you, do you have the opportunity to edit at all? I sure, you... I sure do. <laughs> you can edit. Good, we're good. We're good. Yeah, we're good. We're good. <laughs> hey, Kirk, thanks so much for talking with us. Thank you, Tom. Thank you so, so much. And, everybody, and, uh, make sure you check out Crazy Kirk and the Hillbillies starting this weekend. At yes, sir. Knott's Berry Farm. Yes, we're we're there. So make make sure you wave at our fans. <laughs> I'm waving. <laughs> you know here. what? Uh, we are so. I know so many faces that come out and see us, and mm -hmm. I'm so happy when I see their faces. You know, because we had so many people that watched us so many times. Right. And they're the ones that are coming out and and uh, uh, want to make sure they're out there and and. Uh, I just want to thank those people really Excellent. very much for being there for us. Otherwise, I don't think, uh, otherwise they wouldn't be there. <laughs> right, that, right. You might want to edit that one out. No, that was perfect. <laughs> that was perfect. That was a perfect way to end it. Thank you so much, Kirk. I appreciate you thank coming on and talking with us on the Diz Unplugged. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And uh, I had a lot of fun talking to you. You're You're very welcome. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for listening.